Welcome in to the Get Out of Porn podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie, and last week we looked at porn being a symptom of the problem and not the problem itself, but as I had said, for the first few episodes of this podcast, I really wanted to get into more of the behavioral. The way I structure my therapy with any of the clients that come to me for porn addiction, we get into behavioral first, and... I have to know that you're doing the right things, that you understand some of the behavioral things that that need to change, some of the behavioral cues, triggers, things like that, before we can start discussing some of the the deeper issues, right? Before we can get into trauma work, before we can understand internal family systems, before we can do brain spotting, any of that stuff, I need to know that you have a basic understanding of the behavioral ways to get out of porn. Now, I assume that a lot of the guys that come to me, if they're willing to pay my rate and they're willing to come to therapy, they've probably tried a lot of things. So I don't patronize them. I don't act like um, this is a uh, this is the first time that they're they're coming to this. I figure they have read the books. They probably listened to some podcasts. They probably have um, you know have have pushed themselves to try to get out of porn. They have learned their triggers and such, but it's always a good reminder. And sometimes we unearth some things that maybe they didn't recognize before. And so one of the first things that I always want to point to in helping somebody is I say, what are your triggers? And occasionally I'll have somebody say, what do you mean by triggers? And what do I, what I mean by triggers is what causes you to seek out porn? What causes you to desire or want to go into porn and masturbation? What triggers this? And most guys just say, well, you know, boredom. Boredom triggers me. As we talked about in the last episode, I briefly mentioned it. Um, we're going to get into that and, and why that actually is not a... There's deeper reasons for that, to say the least. There's deeper reasons why that might be a trigger. But most people don't want to think about all the triggers or they just say, well, you know, I just I just do. It's a pretty woman. That's what we're. That's what we do. We're, we're designed. We're wired that way, right? I see a pretty woman and so, of course, I'm going to lust. Um, well, not necessarily. Why were you all of a sudden, you had you had no desire to look at porn and all of a sudden you are very aroused and want to act out? What changed? Why did that happen? Well, maybe your wife left the house and being home alone is a major trigger for you. You start getting aroused out of the blue because maybe in the past you had some uh, some time alone and that's when you learned you your brain wired this way to associate being home alone with acting out. So any trigger is based on a simple principle. Nerve cells that fire together, wire together. Nerve cells that fire together, wire together. The interesting thing when they're studying this, they actually showed that if, if they did a scientific study, if you showed a picture of a boot and then showed porn right after, and then you showed a picture of an old boot and then picture porn, picture old boot, picture porn, if they did this enough, or even with an old jar of pennies, you know, these, these pennies that they had uh, collected for years, and, and they showed an old jar of pennies and they showed porn, old jar of pennies they showed porn, they actually got the guys to start being aroused at the sight of the jar of pennies and aroused the sight of the old boot. Well, that doesn't make sense. Why is, uh, you know, I don't think that you are aroused or sexually attracted to an old boot. No, why? Because the nerve cells that fire together wire together. So they were firing together and, and it started saying, oh, when I look at the boot, I get porn after. So you start getting an erection. You start getting aroused. You start desiring porn all of a sudden. This happens in so many ways. So as we think about our triggers, what are some things, what are some nerve cells of yours that have fired together and that have wired together? Here's a few options. Um, of course, you have the sights, certain sights, and it may not be the sight of a woman. It may be the sight of a certain person or a sight of 
a certain thing that has nothing to do with it. But if, if you are used to seeing your parents' computer in their room or whatever that you sneak in there and do it, it may be that the sight of your parents' open door um, or open computer starts to arouse you. Certain smells. If, if you have a certain smell in a bathroom that you um, would go in and, and maybe act out in, the, in that bathroom and it had a certain air freshener and you go to somebody else's house and they happen to have that air freshener, that actually can be triggering for you. Certain sounds, uh, certain locations, like I, I mentioned the bathroom, right? There may be certain locations. Maybe even your bedroom is arousing to you. Certain situations like being home alone, right? If your parents leave and I started asking my mom, please don't leave me home alone because I recognize this is a major trigger for me. If you realize that that's when I have time to act out and I can do what I want and, and I can find a way around all of the blocks that have been put up, then being home alone, being left can be very triggering um, and it takes a long time to work out of that. Maybe going to a certain place at work. Some people are, are death on acting out at work and they say absolutely not and other people. Uh, that may be a triggering spot for them is, is the bathroom at work or a certain room or whatever it may be. It could be certain days of the week. I struggle more on Saturdays. Well, why? What's going on on Saturdays? Maybe I have a little more time. Maybe I know there's less there's less stress on me. Maybe there's more stress on me on, on Monday or whatever, and so that's the day. So sight, smell, sounds, locations, situations, certain days of the week, also an unprotected device. This is why I encourage people, if you're really struggling with it and you've locked down your devices, make sure that the people around you have locked down their devices. Of course, I'm not trying to give ideas in the least, so if you are listening to this podcast, please don't get ideas here. That's not the point, but the point is to say you wouldn't be the first to reach out and use your wife's phone because it's unprotected or you happen to have her password and she goes to the bathroom or is taking a shower and, oh, hey, let me get on her phone. Absolutely not, right? I don't have the password to my wife's phone. I work in this and I've been out of porn addiction for years. I don't have the password to my wife's phone. I can't get in and, and do it because I don't want it. Uh, I don't want unprotected devices. It can be a trigger. Social media can be a trigger. Even opening the Instagram app can be a trigger for people or Twitter or Reddit, whatever it may be. That Those can be triggers for, oh, I go down this road, right? Various emotions. These are what people mostly connect it, is various emotions, sadness and depression, anger, stress or anxiety is a big one, right? Maybe being tired, maybe being lonely, that boredom, that excitement. So when I start to feel these emotions, I start to feel angry, well, what do I do? I act out so as to pull the anger, to bring the anger down. I start feeling sad. How do I bring myself out of sadness and depression? I act out. It immediately brings me up, right? It makes me feel better. So various emotions can be huge triggers for you depending on what has wired together, right? If this is a way that you've always acted out when you've gotten anxious or, or I shouldn't say always, but regularly acted out through your anxiety, those nerve cells have fired together. So those nerve cells are going to wire together and it's going to be very difficult to get out of that. You have to recognize what your triggers are. And once you do, we try to avoid these triggers. Avoid that room in the house. So what do you do if your bedroom is, is a trigger? What do you do if being left alone is a trigger, right? Some things that might be very difficult for you. Well, if being left alone, I would honestly see if you can go sleep on somebody else's floor, pick another room in the house, sleep on the couch, just for a time to rewire your brain. Or figure out a way to rearrange your room. Make it something different where it's not as triggering, where we actually start to, to wire things differently. Uh, if, if being left alone is a struggle for you and you find yourself left alone, start telling people, please don't leave me alone. I'd rather go shopping. As weird as it was, I'd rather go shopping at the mall with my mom. She wasn't a mall shopper, luckily, but Kohl's or whatever it was, right? I would rather go there than be left alone because I know that's a major trigger and I don't want to act out. I don't want to make it any more difficult than it already is 
And so that's the idea around our triggers. Try to avoid them because these are things that very much push us into our addiction. And man, is it difficult to allow ourselves to go down this road or to put ourselves in triggering situations and then try to leave, then try to get out of that situation. It's infinitely harder than if we never get there. So please try to avoid, understand, and and recognize your triggers. Try to avoid your triggers as much as possible. But here's the other piece of advice that I often give my clients. When you are triggered, it means your body is asking for something. It's like, well, of course it's asking for porn. No, it's not. It may be asking for porn because that's the that's how it's wired. That's that's the things that are firing together, right? But the common thing you'll hear is just get busy. If you start getting triggered, go work out in the yard or 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 you know, go do something else, go play video games, go clean your room. And that works for as long as you can make it last, as long as you can clean your room, as long as you can play video games. And then what happens when you come down from that? What happens when you stop? Well, then you act out, right? It gets, it, it still comes back. It rushes back in. You go, man, this is still very difficult for me to avoid. I did get busy. I did call my accountability partners. I did do all the things I'm supposed to do. So what now? I'm of the opinion that you don't ignore your triggers or you don't try to just work them away. You don't busy them away. You go, what do I really need in this moment? So if you're bored, we come back around to this. If you're bored, what do you really need in the moment of boredom? Maybe what you need is just something to do, get yourself busy. Maybe that's it. Or maybe we need to recognize what's underneath the boredom. And what's underneath the boredom, as we, we talked briefly last week, what it might be underneath the boredom is feelings of worthlessness. And if you feel worthless, then you may be tempted to act out into porn because you hate feelings of worthlessness because that makes you feel unlovable. When you feel unlovable, you have to run from that feeling. It's an exile. We'll get into what that means with internal family systems later. But maybe loneliness is an exile. It's something you don't want to feel that you push out at all costs. And so boredom may be connected to loneliness. It may be connected to low self-esteem and feelings of worthlessness. It may be connected to some deeper issues that you attempt to run from. And so what's actually triggered through boredom? Worthlessness and depression and loneliness. So listen to your body. What do you need when you're, when you're bored? Well, I just need to play video games. I just need to do whatever it is, right? I just need to, to you know, get outside and go do some yard work or, or whatever it is, whatever it may be that you currently or that you try to do, listen to your body. Maybe what you need is to be around people who love you unconditionally. Maybe what you need is to have something that helps boost your self-esteem. Have someone who helps boost your self-esteem. Maybe that's really what's needed here. Instead of just getting busy, working on something, doing something different, try to understand what the what the base need is. So if you're sad, well, I just need something that's going to briefly make me happy. No, you need to explore the sadness. You need to sit in that emotion for a second. Rest in that. Can I be sad? Is it okay to be sad? Can I allow myself to go there? What does it say if I do get sad? So we need to handle some of those things. Understanding what's underneath the triggers specifically some of the negative core beliefs that are triggered, such as feelings of worthlessness, um, those typically go back to trauma. They go back to trauma capsules, as we say, and those are the things that get triggered. When a trauma capsule gets triggered, these these low self-esteem moments, these feelings of worthlessness, these feelings of I can, I'm not a good person, I can, never be, I'm, I can never do enough, I can never be good, I deserve bad things. There's all sorts of negative core beliefs that we believe that porn actually pushes us further into So many times our triggers are merely trauma triggers pushing us back to that. We need to understand what's actually being triggered, what we are actually believing, and instead of just working it away, sit in that, rest in it. What is my body telling me I need in this moment? 
Maybe it's not a quick check-in with an accountability partner of, hey, man, I'm struggling. Hey, yeah, let me pray for you and then get off the phone. Maybe it's like, I need to call a friend that I can just stay on the phone for a couple hours, not, not because I need a couple hours break, but because I need somebody who loves me. I need somebody who cares for me. I need somebody who, who shows me that I'm not a worthless piece of garbage. Allow that to bring you back up and, and to give you what you actually need in the moment. So, so much of triggers, really the, the idea behind triggers is just to rest in it, to understand what our base need is, what our real need is underneath it, and to meet the actual need without ever doing the, the fake, meaningless things that, that don't really help or that just merely push it out for a couple hours, a few minutes, a couple hours, even a day, a week. But it will always come back, and it's it's white-knuckle change. We'll get into that in, in other episodes. But I think that's going to wrap up this week's podcast. In next week's podcast, we are going to look at is porn a bad habit or is it an actual addiction? A lot of uh, a lot of discussion surrounding this. People that don't actually believe it's an addiction, it's just a bad habit, and those pervs need to stop. I want to address that topic and really dig into is can this be an addiction? Some people don't believe sex addiction is a thing because it's not in the DSM-5, um, which is where we get all of our diagnoses from, bipolar, major depressive, things like that. It's not actually listed there, and so some people say it's not an addiction. I will have my take on that, as you can probably tell with what it already is, but I will have my take on that in the next episode. So I will catch you next week. This is the Get Out of Porn podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.